from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Stardust Podcast, episode 245, Neotech Attack. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Yes, we are back again for another episode. It hasn't been too long since the last one, and I actually have some very special guests with me. Uh, you're probably all wondering why the title. It probably doesn't make a lot of sense to many people other than those in the know, and you're going to soon be in the know. Um Wanted to give a special shout out to our friend, uh, Nick Vladek, who has been on the show uh, a few times in the past. And he, uh, introduced me to these awesome guys, uh, that have this group called Neotac. And I'm not going to say what that stands for. I'm going to leave that up to them. Uh, but I wanted to introduce, uh, Chris and Andy to the show. Welcome to Star Joe's guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So excited to be on the show. Yeah, uh, I know that Andy, you and I quite a few times have run into each other and been like, I gotta have you on, we gotta get together, we gotta figure this out, and stuff like that. And it was constantly one of those things like, we both wanted to do it, and we both like, were eager to do it, but it was just like, never finally sat down and committed and said, okay, this is the day we're doing it, <laughs> this is when we're doing it. <laughs> so. Perfect. Yeah, it, it was just all about timing and things going on. And... Yeah. So, um, so you guys have uh, a local group called Neotac, hence the name of the title of the episode. I thought it would be fun, like kind of like Avengers Assemble. It's like Neotac Attack. So uh, <laughs> that's what I was kind of going for there. Um, so tell everyone out there what Neotac stands for, like what it what it means and what it is. All right. So this is Chris. Um, Neotac stands for Northeast Ohio Toys and Collectibles Club. Uh, we're a Facebook-based group. We're a free group. Started a little over four years ago now, four and a half years ago now. And uh, it, we we originally just had a few people come together, uh, like with some like interests, you know, vintage toy collectors and and such. 
And it kind of just, it kind of just exploded from there. I mean, we, we became its own monster, right? (laughs) Uh, started with, with five of us. So, uh, from my perspective, I, I had listed a few toys on eBay. You know, the, the wonderful monster that that is. And this is going back about five or six years ago now. And through fate, I ran into Seven Cockrell, who is one of the other admin for, for Neotech. And he, had, he was the one that actually bought the items that I sold online. After that, we ended up meeting up in person in, instead of having to ship anything and, sure. you know, take care of each other, waiving shipping charges and all that. Of course. Yeah. And he did a great job of asking me if I had other things to sell. And I let him know that I was helping a couple gentlemen sell an entire childhood GI Joe collection. Oh, nice. So a couple of weeks later, he reaches out to me, asks me if I already have the collection and says, Hey, I've got these few other guys that I know are really into Joe's. Uh, we would love to set up a, a little like meetup to try to come over and see what you have in this collection that, that you're selling. And I happen to be one of them. And Andy, Andy happened to be one of these guys. So I ended up setting up the basement of my house, like a little mini Joe's Toys R Us. Oh, that's awesome. It's just folding tables everywhere. Uh, Andy walks in like the big kahuna that he is. And uh, he has a post-it note pad in his hands. I remember vividly that they were pink. <laughs> and, uh, they, they stand out. I don't I think I, I got some pink ones right here. See, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> this guy walks up to me, and while I'm still trying to introduce myself, I don't even think I said my first name, and he just says, hey, "Do you mind if I just start go ahead and like marking what I want?" <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so five minutes later, there's a sea of pink post-it notes all over my basement. Mine, mine, <laughs> mine, mine, mine. Uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was the first time that all of us had met up. You know, Steven obviously you know you know helped to coordinate it. Uh, everybody met up over at my house. Andy was there. Um, another one of our original admin, Robert Schultz, um, Brian Matthew, who's uh, he's listed as Brian Matthew on our page, but Brian Till, and um, I'm trying to think who else was there that uh, that first night. But I know I'm I know I'm forgetting people, but. It, it kind of worked its way through that. We started a little chat, and then Steven was already an admin of a GoBots group. Oh, wow. And said, you know, hey, this is a great idea. If you guys want to put all this together on Facebook instead, be able to, you know, take pictures at Walmart and right. say, this is out here. Or, I'm at this garage sale. And <laughs> next thing you know, we're, we're five admin of this, uh, of this group, but it just gets started and, it kind of just went on from there. And it, we started adding like a couple of our personal friends to the group. Yeah. And then from there, it snowballed where those friends were adding four or five of their friends. And you can see it down the line. It's just friends of friends of friends that's joined. Yeah. And, and that, that's how I got into it was because, uh, Nick, who I mentioned earlier, he, he reached out and said, Hey, there's this group of guys and told me all about you guys. And he's like, it, you should join up. They're all into toys just like you you are and grew up with all this stuff just like we did. So, Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely a like-minded group. Everyone's just – and it's a great community. That's awesome. 
Yeah, and one thing that's cool too is um, uh, you mentioned the post-it note thing just cracked me up because uh, my wife and I did something similar to that uh, not that long ago. My in-laws had moved from a bigger house to a smaller house, so they had some furniture that they didn't need anymore and everything else. And my sister-in-law was supposed to come over with her family, and we were all supposed to like pick out of what was they weren't going to use what we wanted to have for our house. So we, uh, before my sister-in-law got there, we asked for some post-it notes and we post noted, uh, everything that was there with our name on it, like sticks on the ground, doors on the wall, like everything had a post-it note. And then when she pulled up in her car, we put a post-it note on her car too. So. Um, now, now I did let the other guys know before we got to Chris's house that they said they weren't going to buy very much and that I could go ahead and grab what I wanted. So I just, but I did, I did give the other guys some shots at stuff. There you go. There you go. There might so, be like five items left. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just a couple. Yeah. The, the little Pez dispenser and, and stuff like that maybe, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, so with with the group, like you say, it kind of became its its own thing. So it really became one of those like grassroots adventure type things that no one saw coming. Um. So now that it's kind of become, it has become. I shouldn't say it's kind of become. It's become this thing. Do you guys have like like a, a any type of official mission statement with the group or your your reason for being? Like, do you guys? Have you guys actually like, formulated something like that, or is it just kind of like, hey, we're just out there because we're collectors and we enjoy collecting, and that's what it is? One of our main missions is to actually bring people together. Nice. It's like it's um, it's a it's a cool thing to do, and where if people could just meet people that are into the same things, and it just happens to be toys is the vice of the thing. Yeah, and. I think that's awesome because I think that's what happens with any true community. It's really just to bring people together, whatever your reason for originally starting. Like I know for Star Joe's, our original reason for starting was just like, we were like, yeah, let's do a podcast. We like to talk about these things. And now we have like this really cool community of people. So, um, uh, and the friendships you get out of it are amazing. I'm sure you guys have had friendships only because of the group. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, there's people that meet each other that never would have met each other without being in the group or knowing about meetups or anything that we do together. Nice. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys on for this was um, I hear from, and, and you guys probably have heard the same thing. I've heard from a lot of people out there that they, you know, the town they live in or the city they live in, there's not a lot of people that are into the things they're into. Uh, especially we run that into that a lot with podcasts. The reason they listen to the show is because they're hearing other people, um, that are into the stuff cause they don't have people around them. They're into stuff. And I wanted to have you guys on in particular because I feel like it is possible to do this type of group wherever you live. So with you guys having gone through this and having that type of experience, what, what would you say, to someone that is in a city or a town and would love to have a group like that, where you help each other find the, the collectibles you're looking for, you, you have common interests and everything else. What advice would you give to them to like get something like this started? Yeah. I, I think the best piece of advice is to let it just be organic is the best word. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, we've, 
we've all been a part of some other groups. Some of them are nationwide or worldwide groups that they just don't seem to get the traction. And then you kind of just see them fall apart or fall the wayside and members keep leaving. I think because it ended up being, you know, oh, I met this person over here or, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot. I've been friends with this guy for years and he loves Voltron or he loves, you know, Star Wars. And it just it, it just became so natural to add these people in. You know, I would say if anybody's trying to do something like our group in their area to just let it start with just a few people that really buy into the idea, you know, yeah. each other out and, you know, trying away from trying to stay away from, you know, scalping prices or eBay stuff and, you know, meeting up and shaking hands instead of having to worry about shipping things and get it shaking hands is a little interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> just bump your elbow bumps or right. sliding, you know, six feet across parking lot. That's, that's fun. Yeah. No, but, um, that, I would say that's my biggest piece of advice is just let it grow, let it grow naturally and don't try to, don't try to overdo it at first because I think that's where it starts to get into a little trouble. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, when I looked you guys up, because of course I wanted to do my research, as much as being part of the group and everything else and, and being at the events, uh, when I've been able to be there, uh, which by the way, anyone listening, their events are awesome. It's like a, it's almost like a family picnic. Like it's a, take like a, a mini convention and take a family picnic and put it together. And that's really what it ends up feeling like. Um, so when I looked, Looked you guys up, did a quick Google search, and I'm sure you guys have done that yourself sometimes. Uh, yep. saw like you guys getting noticed by, you know, cleveland.com and, and different local news type things and everything else. What, when did it kind of hit you guys? When did you finally take a step back and realize that this isn't just a bunch of, a, of a few friends getting together anymore? This has actually become something. We knew it became something like when we have meetups every month and you see everybody talking and mingling and, and coursing with each other. And they're generally, I mean, just happy just to be around each other. And honestly, it, it, it's not even about the toys. It's about friendships. Yeah. And, uh, and everybody helping each other with collections and just trying to help each other grow stuff. It's just. It, it, it's awesome. Nice. Now, outside of, because uh, the obvious big benefit is the friendships. We've talked about that a few times. What's the, what would you say is the other benefit to having a group like this? Like what, how does it help a collector? You know, I think, especially in this day and age, we're, and we're dealing with this a lot right now in our group where you have stores like, Walmart and Target and things like that coming out with all these new toys that are replicating stuff that we grew up with. Yeah. And it brings the nostalgia right back and it's like, oh, I've always wanted it to look like this instead of the way that it looked when we were a kid or whatever it is. But we've also noticed that the supply and the demand for all of us toy nerds out there is just, it's not there. So, you know, which obviously the manufacturers know what they're doing, but like, yeah, yeah totally purposely. But you know, so you have all these people that are scrounging and a hundred people to one are going after these toys. Yeah. And, but I think the best part about the group when it comes to the collecting piece is just the camaraderie. Like the friendships have obviously helped, but yeah, every day in the group, you'll see people posting and say, Hey, I found this or 
hey, I grabbed this. I know somebody else was looking for it. You know, just just yesterday, you know, you mentioned Nick Vladek. You know, he he did the same exact thing for me. From yeah. way across town, he picked up a couple things I was looking for, and we met in the middle of town really quick on lunch, and I was able to grab him for, for the same cost that I would have paid if I found him at the store. Yeah, and he's done that for me many times. There's been other guys in the group. I remember the one time I was coming back from a, a road trip uh, from Baltimore, and I was looking for um, uh, Marvel Legends, um, uh, uh, not magic figure, Marvel Legends, uh, Wolfsbane figure, Moonstar figure. Yeah. And, uh, which, which was super tough to find because, of course, you can make three figures out of her, so right. everyone wanted her. And I was going to buy one in Baltimore, and the person wanted an outrageous price, and that's the thing that stopped me from getting it. I was like, I am not paying $80 for a $20 figure, and right. uh, especially one that's in the stores right now. And uh, I'm on the drive home, and my buddy who's in the passenger seat says to me, he's like, hey, weren't you looking for this one figure? And I go, yeah. And here's someone in Neotac had the figure, and he says, does anyone need this? I was going to be driving right past where the guy lives. And I was like, yes, I will PayPal you now <laughs> and I will stop by and pick it up. And it was awesome. That's so, cool. yeah. Um, and yeah, and I've met, I've made some friends, uh, through Neotac. So like you said, it's just, it's cool having the friendship. It's cool looking out for each other. And that's what the group really has become. And I think that's a big stressing point that someone wants to do this is make sure it's very clear for people in the group that, you're out there to look out for each other. It's not a competition to to swipe from each other. It's like, hey, I found this. There's more there. Go get it. Uh, I'll pick some up for you if you need me to. If, you know, if someone can afford to do that and stuff like that. So agreed. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Uh, obviously, having a few years under your belt now, what would you say is the biggest things to avoid or what's some of the mis you know quote unquote mistakes that maybe you made uh in the group we're we're staring at each other right now trying to figure out who actually wants to say this <laughs> answer uh, you know i think i think one of the biggest things for me that that we realized pretty early on and it's still still something that we we were just talking about a couple days ago is trying to get trying to get the community's feedback before the admin necessarily make a big rule change or a plunge into something different that we want to do. Like, you know, currently I mentioned those original guys and like we've seen a couple of admin come and go, but currently we have, we have nine guys that are lined up that between myself, Andy and the other seven, you know, we, we do our best obviously to yeah. wrangle the troops and try to keep everybody on the same page. You know, I'd love to give them a shout out. I mean, like, you know, so you know, one of the original admin, you know, he had some amazing family changes, you know, and he kind of took that time, you know, away. So when he stepped away, we we had a couple people in mind that, that ended up stepping in and replacing him. Uh, one of our other members, Chris Platnica, was a, was an admin for a time. You know, same kind of thing. You know, family and, and thing can get, can get in that, and it takes up a lot, you know, and we're totally, totally respectful of it. I think currently, besides Andy, myself, Seven is still one of the one of the original guys. He's still one of the admin. Um, you know, you've got you know Brian Matthew or Brian Selda that I brought up. There's another Brian, so yeah. Brian Rodriguez is a is an admin. Jerome uh, Thomas, uh, Josh Fallon, 
And then you've got Kyle Callahan and Nate Bickhart that everybody steps up to do something. And even with those nine like-minded people combined and the diversity that's there, we still absolutely do not always nail it right on the head. And I think reaching out to the group and really getting the feedback of all what, how many members do we have now? There is. As of today. 2,117. So, over 20. Something that started off as five guys. (laughs) (laughs) And in a complete cliche in my basement. Yeah. Yeah. So, about 2,100 members, and what we've just realized is to really get their feedback when we're trying to make a decision and just really see where the community lies on it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and, and the thing is, and I've witnessed this at events like that you guys have, it, I've noticed that you guys, uh, people will come up and they're, they want to be helpful. They want to, uh, welcome you. Like they, they, it truly does, it becomes cliche, but it truly does feel like a family, even though it's complete strangers when you first join the group. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't. I think other people can do it in other places. In fact, I'm sure they can. But in some cases, it was it is lightning in a bottle for you guys too. Like Ohio is, uh, I've heard this many times, and I didn't realize it until really your group came about. Um, Ohio, especially Northeast Ohio, is a toy market. It's a toy collecting group. Like there's a lot of toy collectors in Northeast Ohio, and I had no idea how big that was. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew how big it was. (laughs) You know, I don't think we ever did. I remember when we reached 100 members, we were completely flipping out. We we thought that was the top. Right. That's awesome. And then 125. And then next thing I know, we're climbing and climbing and 500 members and 1,000 members. I'm like, this this isn't going to (laughs) stop. I remember a couple years ago, we set up, we had a, uh, we do a lot of charity work on the side too. And because of that, we were given a free table with Wizard World Comic Con that was that oh nice, and we set up there a couple of years ago, and we're passing out flyers and we're acting like big shots. We're like, oh, come join our group, and hundreds of people later were like, what did we do? Like, oh my, <laughs> God. Like, where did all these people come from? <laughs> But amazingly, again, in the group, you guys, have, and I think it's because everyone feels the same way about it. Even mm. when you guys can't be there as admins, like people kind of make sure that they're reining people in and keeping it positive and keeping it good. And, um, and, and if people feel like they they don't want to be part of that group, they, they seem to leave pretty quietly most of the time. So, um, now, uh, you guys mentioned events and stuff like that. So what type of, like, obviously you guys started off as just having events of like selling stuff and everything else. What other type of events have you guys gotten involved with? I know that you've worked with the local comic shop, Carolyn John's, uh, to do like some events and stuff like that. What, like, what has this become now as far as you mentioned charity and all that? Like, what things are you guys doing nowadays? God, I think so over the years, I mean, yeah, we, we did a couple years in a row where we partnered with Carolyn John's for a wonderful community swap meet. Um, yeah. been doing some charity raising there as well. Uh, I can't remember Jeff how many Ritchie. people. Yeah, Jeff Ritchie is a local artist that that is partnered with us to do a bunch of things as well. Jeff or uh, Rick Lozano, yeah, uh, another Rick. done yeah. so much stuff, right? And yeah, I think 
as far as charity stuff goes, some of the best things that we've done were spur of the moment. There wasn't really much planning involved. Yeah. Heard about someone in need. You know, there was, uh, um, you know, just recently there was a, a good friend of a lot of the people in the groups that passed away suddenly. Yes, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and within five days, you know, we we ended up sending how much did we send over over well over a thousand dollars to awesome. you know to help with some like funeral expense. I mean, some of the stuff was just great. We heard about a local family that was having some financial trouble a couple uh, December's ago. You know, we were able to provide Christmas for the the kids. It was just some of the stuff has just been that's really awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that stuff reminds me. I've mentioned it on the show before. Like, but like when I was a kid, I had uh, I got to the age I think we all did where it's like you you didn't you stopped playing with toys, and then later on, of course, you start playing with toys again. But <laughs> you stopped playing with toys for a little while, and Stop. my dad and my dad was like, "Do you want? I know someone that is a single mom can't you know give her uh, kid a, a good Christmas. Are, would you be okay with parting with some of your toys?" And he got all my GI Joe toys. Uh, including my USS flag that I had at the time. Um, so that I, I think growing up with those thoughts and I, I learned to do that because of my parents. And, and I think, be, I think that's a little bit of this region of the country too. Like people look out, try to look out for each other. Sure. Um, and, uh, so I love it every time I see that in the group of people like reaching out to help others and, and everything like that. Just um, very giving group. Yeah. 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 Great. One, uh, so what I want to do is I want to, I want to switch things over to you guys individually though, in the group. And I think something that the Neotech members, if they don't know you guys, this will help them learn a little bit more about you guys as collectors and everything as well. Um, what got you started and in, started into truly collecting? I've, obviously as a kid, you loved toys and everything else, but when did, when did you finally become a collector and what, you know, what kind of triggered that for you? And either one of you could start first. All right. Uh, when I was a kid, I, Star Wars came out. Star Wars was huge. The movie. Then I got into the toys and absolutely went crazy about them. Then G.I. Joe cartoon came out. Then the toys for that came out, and I was totally in love. I, I collected until I was like 1986, 1987. And I played with my stuff, the toys, and until there was nothing left of them. My, we moved a few times, and every time we moved, my mom threw stuff out because she thought it was all beaten up and too played with, and I really wish I would have kept them. I wish I would have <laughs> my toys. But, man, when people said they loved their toys when they were a kid, not as much as me because I played with them so there was nothing. <laughs> For a long time, I didn't collect uh, because, you know, life's going on, work, you know, marriage and house and, you know, life duties, basically. About seven years ago, one of my high school buddies, uh, Brian Matthews, that's in our group that helped create the club, I would always hang out with him, and I'd go to his house, and he had this huge you know, collection of different things going on, like G.I. Joe, a little bit of Star Wars, and he basically got me back in to collect. Okay. I'd be there, and I knew all the figures' names and stuff. I'd go to the shelf and start rearranging his shelves and start putting weapons <laughs> in person, and he's the one that was collecting them. <laughs> but he got he got more upset, so he started looking up all the weapons and stuff. So he started trying to be more knowledgeable about it. So then it was a battle between who knew more 
And then when we started buying stuff, then it was like game on, you know, it was like it was competition, but competition because we had something in common. Yeah. We would go to toy shows, do stuff together, and that, that brought us a you know a bond together. And then that's what one of the things that helped us when we started this club is because we were already friends. Uh Steven and Rob, they were already friends and with Chris and it just it snowballed together and it, it just turned into something cool. That's awesome. How about for you, Chris? Yeah, so uh so hopefully this doesn't incriminate me at all. So there <laughs> oh uh a few years back, a few years before the group started, I I and I still am. I, I'm an insane garage sale, estate sale junkie. You know, I was the typical guy that was going in and, oh my gosh, what's, what's this figurine over here that this, this person's selling for a dollar that's really worth $150? And, yeah. You know, the, the typical guy that was originally walking around with a cell phone and looking things up as I was walking around, yeah. walking around a sale. So I ended up going to a sale, uh, in between a couple of appointments for work one day and I walk into this house and there was a bedroom that was straight out of the eighties, a child oh. room, their toys, posters still up on the wall for GI Joes and transformers that, that they hadn't been touched in 40 years. And on the shelving in the room that they were selling was a, a ton of toys. And of course I looked at it at first, like, Oh my gosh, that's dollar signs. These people are selling a, G1 Optimus Prime for $25. I'm like, this is fantastic. So I bought everything on the shelf and I bring it all home and I did my typical, like, all right, I need to clean it, make it look nice and be able to take pictures of it later. So I remember cleaning it, putting up on a shelf to just like let it dry and they never left. (laughs) (laughs) The, The G1 Optimus Prime, the Mirage and the Hound that I originally picked up from that estate sale are still in my collection. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, and I'm the typical kid that, you know, it's, and this goes with a lot of collectors we found is that there, there, there wasn't enough money for everything that we wanted as a kid. Right. 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 All the toys from when we were, you know, in our childhood are long gone and moved on to better pastures, hopefully, you know, but that, that spurred it. And when I first met these guys, I was really, really heavily into collecting like G1 trains. Okay. And next thing I know, I go, I go to another sale and they have all the Star Wars stuff and that stuff is still in the collection today. <laughs> so, but that's what it all started for me. And then it just kind of started evolving, you know, legends, you know, Marvel legends start getting more and more, yeah. you know, popular and so many cool characters they're coming out with. And it just, oh, it's evolved. And this is probably a good opportunity to say that we've, we, we have to have the most understanding lives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I hope they can all hear us right now. This, you know, little, little wife plug is never, is never going to hurt you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when it came, when it comes to toy lines, what were your, what was your, like your favorite toy line as a kid? And now that you're an adult and, uh, have expanded out, have, have there, what toy lines have you added to your collection that you never experienced as a kid? And has there been any toy lines that you've removed, like you, that you used to like, but you don't really care for too much anymore? Oh, if that even exists. <laughs> that's the best question ever. This is a hard question. 
Hey, I've, I've done interviews for 10 years. I ask the tough questions. <laughs> I'm sweating over here. <laughs> Star Wars, Star Wars, and Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and G.I. Joe's, the, what I, what I collect now that I never thought I'd collect is modern, modern toys of like Star Wars. Okay. I, I was only into collecting just vintage because that is what I grew up with and that's what I really stuck with. But there's actually some newer toy lines that are within the last 10, 15 years of actually the figures are cool, the vehicles are cool, and they go along with like, say, uh, Star Wars, like Clone Wars, the cartoons. It, yeah. It's just so many more things have got interest in me that I collect. Uh, some of the things I wish I would have collect more of were maybe Shogun Warriors. Oh yeah, uh, I did have I did have Godzilla and I did have a couple of the figures, but I wish I would have had more of them. So those were probably the coolest things ever. Yeah, you know, and I think it's so similar for me. I think uh, yeah, and I have I have childhood pictures that are still in frames here in my basement of me holding, you know, uh, probably four or five years old, and I have a you know, Boba Fett in my hand or, you know, a lion from Thundercats in my hand or there's Transformers in the picture. Um, I think Star Wars is one of the cool things, I think, at least for me, that it's one of the only lines that I feel like it really tried to keep up with the times. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of stuff obviously coming back. You know, Marvel is obviously DC. They've, they've done a good job of trying to hold on for, for different things. But, I mean, Star Wars, I think, has at least evolved well with what I like to collect. Yeah. So I think easily over half of uh, half of my basement is is Star Wars stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um what would you say for for you is the toughest part of collecting? Oh God, I know I know what my two things are right off the road. So you go for you first. <laughs> I can say these in my sleep. Go ahead. All right. So money and space. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the top two horrible things that every collector yes. probably agree with. I mean, there, there's never enough money for everything that you want, and then even if you did have enough money for everything, there's never going to be enough space. You can't put it anywhere, yeah. Uh, mine is money and trying to get the toys in the house without the wife seeing Because <laughs> <laughs> then you have to answer questions. <laughs> many questions in many days. <laughs> I will say that the uh, the money and space was ex- the exact reasons I didn't get the Java sale barge that was done because I wanted that so badly and I was like I cannot justify that money and I have no room for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think if you move a couple things on those shelves right there. Right? <laughs> oh, you don't see what's on the ground behind me right now though. <laughs> I'm actually reworking my entire collection. Uh, some of the listeners know this already. And uh, I have a space in my basement, so I'm, like, moving everything around so I can put some glass cabinets in here and, and do a really nice job. And like I mentioned to you guys before we were uh, recorded and we were t- talking about doing this, uh, once I get this all set up and the world's not on fire anymore, I'll definitely have you guys over so you can see the the, awesome. the collection the way it should be presented. Because uh, oh. right now I look like a hoarder. I just got stuff laying everywhere. So You know what? It's uh, It's a support group. So, amongst <laughs> friends, Ryan, I want you to know that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, 
to to end on a positive note when it comes to collecting, and then I have a uh, we have a segment we call the firing range on here that I'll go through with you guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, what is your favorite part of collecting? Meeting people, hearing stories, um, knowing where you got the figure from or who yeah. you got it from, and where they got it from. There is just you see so many people uh, trading toys, and there's history with it. Yeah. So it could be something, it meant something to somebody else, but now it's yours, and you're just carrying on like a little legacy. Yeah, I, it, you know, and I would agree with that, too. I think the, and I think a lot of that wraps into the nostalgia part. You know, yeah. nostalgia doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be 40 years ago when it was happening. But, right. you know, hearing, you know, a story about why this person has 15 of this specific Voltron, I might be talking about myself right now. <laughs> but the the stories that go along with some of this stuff. <laughs> right. And, uh, and you know why they really got into it or why they're, they're after this specific toy because it means this to them is, that's probably, that's probably my favorite part. And just, you know, I know at least for me and I know a lot of, uh, a lot of collectors are starting to get into this range where they're, now they're starting to share it with their kids too. Yeah. You know, I had the pleasure of taking my daughter to Star Wars Celebration last year. Oh, awesome. And here's a little six, seven-year-old that's running around in a Ray outfit, and people are asking her if they can take pictures with her. That's awesome. Uh, it was it was fantastic. So that's that's probably up there, too. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's one of the things when I'm, if I'm in a toy aisle and I see a little kid there, like, in awe looking at a toy or something like that, I'm not going to knock them over to get the thing I want. Even if what I want is the thing that they grab, I'm like, okay, it's, it's really for them. And if that kid can grow up with that toy and have fond memories like I did when I was a kid, then it's, it's worth it. So, so, uh, all right. So we do a segment on the show called the firing range and these are quick hit questions. They're usually this or that, but, uh, there's 10 questions. You can answer them any way you want. So even though in some of them I'm going to give you two choices, you don't have to pick the two choices. You can answer, you can be creative if you want to be. Um, with uh, with some of these, uh, some of these are debates that we've had on the show. So my one co-host Chuck and I don't always we love the same stuff, but we don't always agree on the same stuff. Oh, that's me. That's me and Chris. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. And yeah. Too. That's yeah. great. So some of those have become questions uh, in the firing range. Uh, and you can either explain your answer or not explain your answer. You don't have to, you don't have to. Um, so with how you guys have, as I've learned from you guys, some of these, I probably already know the answer to, but I'm going to ask them to you anyways, because I wrote these ahead of time, not knowing them. Uh, <laughs> so, so what we'll do is I'll ask the question and then we'll go Andy, then Chris. So Perfect. Andy will give his answer and then Chris will give his answer. Awesome. So I'll be able All to right. get a better answer is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> You'll get time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, I, I think I already know the answer to this, but this is the standard first question we ask every guest in the firing range. Pizza. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Absolutely Star Wars. Yeah. I, I had no doubt once I saw everything behind you there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I grew up, my dad loved both, so yeah. I inherently love both, but Star Wars, absolutely. Yeah. You're you're allowed to oh. love both. It's just you're not allowed to still be on the show if you pick Star Trek first. So, 
Put stock in your collection. Third. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it comes to Transformers, Autobot or Decepticon? Autobot. Autobot. Nice. When it comes to G.I. Joe, Duke or Flint? Duke. Definitely Duke. Oh, okay, we're going to have to end the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm, where'd you go? <laughs> I'm a Flint guy, so. That's uh, <laughs> When it comes to muffins, blueberry or chocolate chip? Chocolate chip. All right, good, because I'm going to say blueberry, and I did not want us to say the same thing. <laughs> that has actually been a debate on our show. I'm a chocolate chip guy, and Chuck is a blueberry guy, so. Oh, man, it sounds like I need to talk to Chuck. You do. <laughs> and Chuck is also a Duke guy. That's where the Duke Flint thing came from. So, uh, I think I know the answer to this one already. Again, based on what we were talking about, but it might be a struggle for you from what I've also what we've also talked about talked about. Um, vintage or modern when it comes to toys? Vintage. Oh man. <laughs> oh, option C. I chose oh. option C. I told you you can answer it any way you want. So there you if, go. If I had to only have one, it would be vintage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Very nice. Uh, we asked this question because there have been a few people that have surprised us with the, their answer. Uh, R2-D2 or C-3PO? R2-D2. Yeah, absolutely R2. I, that we, little star cast, oh, never mind. Oh. We, we have asked that question so many times, and everyone said R2-D2, and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask it this one more time, and if someone says C-3PO, we'll keep it. If, we, if they say R2-D2, we'll get rid of it. That episode, someone said C-3PO. Really? And then we had like three or four more people after that say C-3PO, and I don't know what they're smoking, but... I was going to say, I want their names. I want to talk to them. I want to find out. Their, their mind has to work. In amazing ways to choose. Oh, Chuck is a C-3PO guy. Again, this is a debate from the show. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. R2-D2 is my second favorite character in all of Star Wars. Absolutely. Has he watched the Clone Wars? Like, how could... Plus, he's, he, he's the reason they're all still alive. Come on. I mean, on multiple accounts. Yes. Four accounts. Yes. Right. Like uh, C-3. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He-Man or Skeletor? Skeletor. Oh, I knew you were going to say Skeletor. I have to go with E Man. I go with the good guy almost every line. Yeah, I totally see Andy being Skeletor. I I go with the good guy almost every line except for Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> then I go then I go Skeletor. But my favorite character in Masters of the Universe is Man at Arms. So yes, still a good still a good guy. So yeah, I would have said that too. Yeah. Favorite turtle. Obviously, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Right? Who'd you say? Michelangelo. Michelangelo. So, I'm going to give, can I give two answers? So, if we're going based off of old school and video game stuff that we grew up with, I was always Donnie. Okay. New school and the movies that they, you know, that they came out with, I get they're up for debate, whatever. Yeah. I love Raphael. I love the character that he made around him, so... I actually, as much as I don't care for the Bayformers, uh, I didn't mind the Turtles uh, movies that were done by Michael Bay. So, yeah. Uh, favorite comic book character? And again, you can answer this any way you want. So if you want to give me a Marvel and a DC, you want to give me a good guy and a bad guy, whatever you want to do. 
definitely Marvel all the way. The it would be Duke and GI Joe. That that was my main focus. Already used I don't care. Hey, okay. it's his it's his answer. He can answer it. <laughs> I mean, that was something I looked up to. And Look, you know. Ryan, I understand you're hosting the show, but you don't need to <laughs> in this. Wow. So, um, so I would go. So I'll, I'll do DC and Marvel. So for for Marvel, it's the Incredible Hulk. Okay. So, you know, all the way from childhood, you know, and I, I won't be able to show it to you, but there's there's a little focus Hulk collection <laughs> in the room over here. A little. Yeah, I think over the years with DC, I think one of my favorite characters has turned into Constantine. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm a big fan. I I love the movie that they did. I know that that was debatable, too. Um, the Justice League Dark shows that they did were fantastic yeah and uh yeah i just i really like them I, I, I love the actor that they got to to play him on the wb shows and stuff like that like he he's the perfect constantine so yes he was so this is uh this has definitely been a huge debate one on the show um and since i'm talking to a couple big star wars fans this should be right up your alley to be able to answer this and it might still be a debate is Chewbacca a sidekick? Good question. <laughs> this is the one we're ending on, so. <laughs> this is the one we're going to end on. He was until I saw the new movie Solo. And they okay. gave a little backstory to him. Okay. Yeah, I, so to me, I would say no. But I, I know that the general public would view, especially old school vintage folks, would definitely have viewed Chewbacca as a sidekick. Okay. Yeah, but to me, absolutely not. There's no way Han would have ever lived as, yeah. as he did. <laughs> so the, uh, Chuck has always said Chewbacca is a sidekick. I have always said no, he's more of a partner uh, of, of Han. Uh, yeah. And my reasoning is, to me, a sidekick is somebody that all, is, has something to learn from the hero. And I don't feel like okay. Chewbacca has anything to learn from Han. In fact, if anything, I think sometimes Han has something to learn from Chewbacca. Right. I agree. Think that. I don't know. Like I, I look at I get, look at moments where to me the sidekick almost always obeys. Yeah. You know whatever the other person is doing. And why are you looking at me? Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I know. In the movies and in, in, in anything that they've done with them, it, it's not it's not always the case. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a great question. Thank you. Hey, again, ten years of doing this, we got some. I've I've learned to whittle them down now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could do this all day. That was that was great. <laughs> so uh, so the other other thing that uh, I had talked to you guys about and reached out to you guys about, we're gonna actually flip the show. Uh, and I know you guys have some questions for me, or I think you have some questions for me. Yes. Uh, I, I am doing, uh, as listeners of the show already know, I'm doing my own Kickstarter. I am jumping in my first time into the comic book world and writing my own story. Uh, I have an awesome artist, Joel Jackson, with me, a colorist, Ross Hughes, uh, and a uh, bunch of other people that are working with me on this. And uh, this is kind of like you guys were with Neotac. 
this is my grassroots campaign. Like I, I'm relying on a lot of people out there to get the word out and spread it around and hopefully get us some support for it. Um, we are a little over two weeks into the campaign. We've got just under two weeks left. Uh, and we're at 71% right now of our goal, uh, to get it funded. So, um, so I'm going to turn the reins over to you guys and, I'm happy to answer any questions you have that you think listeners would want to know or the Neotech guys would want to know or just have at it. Okay. Can we start firing away? Sure. All right. Well, I was talking to Ryan, but I'm glad you agreed. Yep. So, um, psychic. So, <laughs> all right. So the, the first question, I think that this will, this will totally help, especially with, uh, with the Neotech guys and gals out there is so, Tell us about Stealth Hammer. Where the heck did it come from? I know I've read up a little bit on it, but I would love to hear you. Sure. Yeah, I, it's something I'm always happy to talk about because obviously I'm very passionate about it, just like you guys are passionate about collecting. Uh, Stealth Hammer came from a simple idea, which was uh, my wife had the nickname Stealth Hammer. She got the nickname Stealth at one job, and she got the nickname Hammer at another job. Stealth was because she swooped in and was able to, to win a few contracts uh, for her company uh, out of nowhere. And so her boss started calling her Stealth. And then she had to work in brand compliance at another job where she kind of had to make sure they were following the rules of, of the logos and the brand and everything else. So it was kind of her laying the hammer down. And the two names blended together of Stealth Hammer, which is the name of the comic. We always joked that it would make a great superhero name. Uh, and one year for her birthday, I actually had her commissioned, I uh, had her drawn as the stealth hammer and gave that to her and she loved it. Very and the second I saw that drawing, I was like, this could actually be a real superhero. <laughs> uh, and the second I had that thought, ideas just started flooding my mind. I started jotting down ideas, putting them on my phone, taking pictures of things that I saw that could be good inspiration for stuff. And it just kind of went from there. Uh, Stealth Hammer, the elevator pitch of, of it is that she is, uh, it's named after my wife. My wife's name is Jamie and Stealth Hammer, is, her name is Jamie. And she is a teenage college student that finds herself uh, with superpowers. Uh, and she also finds herself part of a legacy of protectors of the planet and of the people on it. Uh, in a world of high-tech gadgetry and supernatural mythology. And uh, it's really a love letter to all the things I love in pop culture, uh, as uh, comic books, movies, video games, all that type of stuff is wrapped up into this story, uh, little nods to all that type of stuff, while telling a very good, compelling story with characters that people can identify with. Yeah. And uh, that's really what it came down to, uh, was bringing all that together and, and making a story that is cohesive. It isn't like Spider-Man three where you're trying to cram too much into one, uh, <laughs> one story or anything like that. Why'd you uh, pick that movie? That was, why'd I pick that movie? <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause they, they were supposed to, that was supposed to be three movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it turned into one. Uh, but yeah, I have a lot of ideas, but it, I had a lot of people helping me to whittle it down. And, uh, yeah, it's become this whole mythos, this whole world. My wife loves hearing me talk about it because she's like, you've got so much going on in your head. And to quote what she has told me many times, she's like, not everyone's brain works that way. She's like, you come up with all these stories of where it's going to go and what's going to happen and where this character comes from. 
And she goes, yeah, people's brains don't work that way. You need to get this out there. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You have, you have, I can just keep going. All right, good. All right, I'm just going to keep going. All right, so so with that with that in mind and, like, you know, and how long you guys have been working on it and obviously, like, you know, Jamie's influence and stuff. So besides just getting things started, like, where do you – where do you see it going? Where do you see it going? From yeah. There? Yeah. So, um, I, a lot of things, I have probably a good 30 to 50 issues in my head of where I want it to go. Uh, so this Kickstarter is really just to get that first issue done because then that becomes your business card to get around to publishers and say, here's what the story is and here's where we want it to go. And my artist, Joel Jackson, he, uh, actually is doing a couple pinups that will go in this first issue that show, future like future stories of where of where we want to take the character and uh so she starts off with her dad's an inventor she's bringing her boyfriend home to meet him uh her dad's not there yet but she runs into her uncle and her uncle of course is jealous of her father he 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 wants to get ahead he wants all the notoriety that her dad has gotten so he sabotages the lab and her uh, she gets caught in the explosion, but there's a bit of a twist because there's of course some destiny involved in that and through mythology, uh, some mythological characters that get involved and she gets these powers and she decides to go after her uncle, uh, because he's a threat. And that's the, that's essentially the first issue is her getting these powers, going after her uncle, but there's these hints throughout that issue and stuff in the background of where the story's going to go. So I wanted to put stuff in there that when this gets to be issue three, issue four, issue five, that you'll be able to see stuff in there and go, oh my God, that was in back in issue one. That was on her shelf in issue one. Um, so stuff like that. Um, there's going to be uh, her grandmother uh, leaves a journal for her. And that's you see the journal in the first issue. You don't know much about it beyond just seeing it, but her grandmother leaves this journal behind that is given to her. And she finds out that that's where she finds out that her grandmother actually also had powers and that her, her, uh, but her grandmother's gone missing for five years. Uh, and so she's the only one that still believes her grandmother's alive out there. There's of course a big bad that's working everything in the back, working the scenes in the background. He is not seen in the first issue, but he is mentioned in the first issue. So, uh, there's a lot of these little nuggets. Like you get a basic good origin story and a good battle in this first issue, but you get these little hints that there is a bigger world out there for her. That's awesome. All right. So, so as a follow up to the villain piece, can, can you give us a little more? Like what's going to make someone look at the villain that you're writing? and answer a question in an interview where they actually say that they like Skeletor better than you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, the main villain, uh, like I said, his name uh, is mentioned in the first issue is Jormungand, uh, which is, if you know Norse mythology, that is the big opponent of Thor. Uh, and he is, uh, he's my Lex Luthor. Uh, he's kind of like a, a business mogul. Uh, he, uh, of course, has a hidden secret about himself, uh, of what he really is and who he really is, but he's been, he's like that Illuminati group. He's working on everything behind the scenes. Uh, and what he's done is he's been able to open a portal, uh, to other dimensions and he's able to bring in these mythological beings, uh, to our world to become part of his army. 
The cool thing about it is I mentioned it's high-tech gadgetry meets supernatural mythology. One of the things I always loved with like things like He-Man or uh, Thunder the Barbarian and things like that was bringing technology and mythology together. So in the first issue, you kind of see them being a bit separate. So you have like a, a mythological character like Ari the Elf in the issue. You have a villain named Marzana that's in the issue. She's a Polish deity of death. Uh, these are all like real things that I tried to look up was mythological characters that really aren't used, but I think are really cool. And Joel helped redesign them to be something cool. Her uncle ends up teaming up with Yormagun to uh, soup up these mythological beings. So these aren't just like, oh, here's the headless horseman. It's the headless horseman on a robotic horse with, uh, you know, with some cybernetic parts added to him and everything else. So there's things like that that will ha- be happening in this story. Uh, we see it a little bit on the cover of the first issue with uh, uh, these creatures called the Tokolosh. that are these goblin gremlin like characters and they are, um, they have these cybernetic parts on them, rocket packs and everything like that. So that's the fun is kind of bringing these two worlds together and then throwing a superhero into it. Right. Whereabouts is this going to be taking place? Is this going to be something local or is it somewhere that we've never heard of? Is it just a, so it, it is on earth. Uh, I, I relate it to, uh, Iron Man or Iron Fist, I should say Iron Fist uh, uh, in a world of Mega Man meets Thor is how I relate it. Uh, so you got some crazy technology like you might see in a Mega Man game, but it is Earth. It is. Uh, I actually I don't say it in the first issue, but I have every intention on it, on the locales and everything else being based on places in Ohio. Uh, I'm sure at some point I'll actually mention uh, where she lives. But uh, I do throw in little nods to the the local area that I grew up in, uh, which is uh, Ari the Elf is 216 years old. Wonder where I got the 216 from. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's things, there's little nods like that to uh, to where it's at. But it is it is Earth. But she's gonna she's gonna travel the world. I am dealing with a lot of world mythology here. So she does take a trip to Iceland, where the, a lot of this gets originated from. Uh, I actually did go to Iceland, which was awesome. So I was able to kind of get a lot of inspirations from things there. Uh, Ari the elf actually came from a little toy. So we were talking about toys earlier. A little plush toy that I saw of this elf there is what became the inspiration for Ari the elf. Um, no, right. So. And when I when I first saw a picture of Ari the elf, Brian, you know, I referenced my good my dear friend Andy here because I feel like they look so similar. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good looking character. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's just adorable. I'm so, telling you right now, he's gonna be a fan favorite. I've had so many people tell me that they love the character without even having read him. They just love the way he looks. So you put a little hat on yourself there, Andy, you're gonna be good to go. From the from the artwork I've seen, it, it it's gonna look it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. So you already alluded to this, but one of the questions that I had, you know, I grew up loving Greek and Roman mythology, like yeah. loving it to death. So when you saw this like Percy Jackson stuff come out, you know, years ago and, yeah. and things like that, that really dove into it, it had me from the get go. So what other, and you mentioned a couple of things already, like what other kind of mythologies could people expect? Yeah, so, uh, so like I said, she does find out she's part of a lineage of, uh, heroes and protectors. And, uh, it's, of course, since her name is, her hero name is Stealth Hammer, 
of course she has to find out that she has a lineage all the way back to Thor. Um, so we do have Norse mythology that plays a factor there. And in my world, Thor is not truly a god. He's really just a, uh, a person that gained superpowers. And of course, because of the time that he, he lived in, uh, those superpowers made him, made others believe that he was a god. Uh, yeah. he's gonna have, uh, she's gonna have ties to King Arthur and Excalibur. In fact, you'll see on the first page, uh, there is Excalibur hanging up in her room. Wow. Um, so we're going to have that in there. Uh, there's going to be ties to Robin Hood. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of these characters that we all knew growing up with. Uh, and there will be some time travel. I'm not going to get crazy with the time travel because I know how much of a mess that can become. Um, I am going to be approaching it very methodically to have her meet some of these past characters or and or read about them. And we'll see old adventures of them. Uh, but they're all part of the same lineage. Uh, when it comes to mythology, I am pulling from mythologies from all around the globe. And I am trying to pull things that, like I said, typically are not used. So I do have some characters like Baba Yaga, if you're familiar with her as a witch. Mm. Uh, she is a, she's a very well-known witch that uh, has a house on a chicken leg. And she rides around on a mortar and pestle. Um, she is uh, a witch that I do use. So she's probably one of the more common names of characters that I'm using, but I mentioned the Tokolosh earlier. They're, uh, they're actually an African mythology creature. Uh, and like I said, they're kind of like gremlin characters, but they're created by dark magic. Um, there's, uh, I mentioned Marzana, which Marzana is hilarious. How I came across her. She was the first villain I created. Um, I was watching mystery science theater 3000. (laughs) <laughs> and they did a little song about creatures of different countries and stuff like that. And they mentioned this name Marzana. I was like, who's Marzana? And I, I liked the name of it. So I looked her up and there wasn't a lot out there about her as far as actual physical representation, not a lot of artwork about her or anything like that. So it kind of gave us free reign to like, just base it on the description and make her our own. Um, I also have ones I've created. So there's, uh, Marzana travels with these care, uh, these creatures called wolf rats, which are exactly what they sound like. They are rats the size of wolves with some wolf-like features. Um, but there's two of them that lead the pack and they are named Chernabog and Bellabog. And those are mythological beings as well. Nice. Um, so I've really done my homework. This isn't something I jumped into lightly. I have loved mythology my whole life. Um, but I wanted to bring mythology and technology together because I also loved things like Mega Man and Transformers. And there is actually a, a nod to Transformers in the first issue, which is if you saw the artwork of her uncle in the big battle robot, it's a Volkswagen Beetle in yellow. <laughs> it's, my, it's my little nod to Bumblebee. So, um, great though. Yeah. So there's things like that. There's uh, She does quote Ghostbusters in the issue, and her dad calls her out on that uh, because, he, he does, of course, he's hesitant. He doesn't want his daughter to be in danger. And she says, Dad, for, for whatever reasons, Dad, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. I believe everything happens for a reason. And, she, and her dad says, did you just quote Ghostbusters to me? um there is a star there's a couple star wars nods in it uh one is her uncle realizes that uh that it's his niece who is uh stealth hammer and uh she responds back with you'll find i'm full of surprises um which is a classic star wars line and there's a five-page backup story where ari the elf is riding on her back while she's climbing these 
uh, mountains in uh, Iceland, and of course, very reminiscent of Yoda being on Luke's back during his training. So that's so great. Uh, now I have I have a question. Yes. Everybody that you're working with, um, how did your team come together? Oh, great question. Um, so I originally worked with an artist, uh, Alexandra Scott. Uh, I worked with her a little over a year ago, and she did all the character sheets. And how I found her was uh, a buddy of mine, Robert Atkins, who does the podcast with me. He teaches at Savannah College of Art and Design. And he says, I've got a student that she's really talented. I think she's professional level. Um want to see what she would do. And she did amazing work. She actually did the five page backup story with me. I wrote the story and she drew it and colored it and everything. Um, and she did all the character sheets. So a lot of the sheets that you're seeing on the, or all the sheets that you see on the Kickstarter page of Ari the Elf and Stealth Hammer and the costume and everything were all her design. Uh, her working with me, me telling her what I'm looking for and, and her kind of, you know, she gave me like tons of options and we would pick it apart and everything else and finally came up with the design. So uh, a year went by. We did a Kickstarter back then. It was unsuccessful. Uh, I learned a lot from it. I found out that my goal was very not what I actually needed. Uh, I didn't know that at the time, but I learned a lot from that. Um, and now we're doing this new Kickstarter with a much more realistic goal of what we actually need to get funded to get this made um, and a lot of new plans on how to get it out the word out there. Um, but my new artist, uh, Joel Jackson, uh, Alex, uh, through various circumstances, we just, uh, couldn't finish doing the work together. So, uh, I needed a new artist. How that worked was I reached out to several people, um, that I knew and a lot of them were busy and everything else. And I was like, I really need somebody that can do this cartoony style that's detailed work. And my wife reached out to her. She's a graphic designer. She reached out to her old studio class uh, at Notre Dame and her uh, one of her old classmates says yeah I know this guy Joel he does exactly what you're looking for and he's worked in comics before and uh, so he got me in touch with him uh, Joel and I hit it off right away uh, he is just like us he grew up with all these 80s properties in fact his profile on his website says uh, that he wishes he hopes one day to grow up to be He-Man or a Transformer <laughs> I was like, I have found the guy. And I read that after I already saw his artwork and decided he was the one I wanted to work with. And then I was like, okay, this is even more perfect now. Um, so I reached out to him. He was excited. He read the script and he's like, yeah, I want to do this. And he started designing stuff that wasn't designed already. So he came up, he designed uh, Watts, the robot. Uh, he designed the, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the Tokolosh creatures, uh, there's little robots that Dr. Everett, which is her dad, has floating around him. He he created all those, and those were just like little sketches that he did. And I was like, oh, I like that. I like why you did that and everything else. And he's like, okay, well, here's seven more of them. Um, and uh, so he really helped design a lot of the other characters that we hadn't gotten to yet. Um, there's a hover bike that she rides. He He's designed that. Um, so he's been amazing to work with. Uh, he is awesome at helping to promote this thing and, and everything else. And he's doing a couple things, uh, with the thought that we're going to get funded. So there's a couple things he offered to do at no cost right now, uh, with the assumption that we will reach our goal and that he'll get paid on the back end. So his commitment to this is definitely there. Um, <clears throat> as far as, uh, the, uh, the rest of the team, uh, Ross Hughes, I found by reaching out to, 
Robert also and saying, do you know a colorist? And I reached out to uh, someone that worked with Robert before named Simon Goff. Simon said, I don't really do the type of coloring that you need, uh, but here's a few names of some people. Uh, I was able to find one of them, reach out to him, and he was like, yeah. I told him what I was willing to pay as far as a rate, and he's like, that's perfect. Uh, that's exactly a perfect rate for me. Um, and Ross has worked with, for DC Comics before, as well as a lot of independent comics. He's done everything from Justice League of America to Superman to Green Lantern. Um, so he's been in the business a long time. Uh, he has a, uh, there's a stage in coloring that I didn't know about called a flatter. Um, and what they do is they, they really map out where the colors are going to go and they segment it out and get it ready for the colorist and they, they'll put some base colors down and everything. And that guy's name is Evan Evans, who works with Ross to do that. And the really cool thing with Evan was his daughter, he's teaching her how to do it. And, uh, her name is Lacey Hart. And, he said, I said to him, I was like, well, I'd like to give you credit for working on this. He goes, well, would you mind also giving my daughter credit? Because she's actually did a couple of the pages because I'm showing her how to do this. And I was like, I'm all for that. The idea of a kid, and I don't, she might be in her teens, but uh, so I don't mean to call her a kid, but in my, my at my age, she's a kid. Uh, to have a kid working on an all ages comic is just awesome to me. So uh, I love that she's been brought on board to work on this. And then, uh, Nick, uh, I'm sorry, Dave Sharp is, uh, uh, the letterer and he's read and he's already, he's worked for Marvel and DC, uh, for decades and he is willing to work on this. And, uh, once we get it all together, I'll send him all the files and he'll add all the word balloons and sound effects and all that type of stuff and, and get it ready for production. So, so that's how the, that's how the team came together was just reaching out to people, networking and, uh, finding the right people that loved what we were doing. That's awesome. That's, and, and I think what I kind of like about that is that as you were going through that, like, it kind of reminded me of the group. Like, yeah. Where, you know, where it literally, it, it came down to friends of friends or people yes. that have worked with each other before and, and yeah. having connections and, you know, and obviously you're get you know, you and Jamie are putting yourself out there with all this too, where it's, yeah. you know, this is, this is one heck of an endeavor. Yeah. And it's something I've always wanted to do. It's one of those things, like, they always say, pursue your dreams. And it's one of those things I'm like, man, I wish I had done this earlier. And I remember hearing a quote from somebody uh, one time saying, you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so could I have done this earlier in my life? Sure. But I'm doing it now. And uh, I'm not. And my, my hero's tagline is, and this is a true tagline that my wife has used in her life, which is why I used it. And I love using it is that's not how the story ends. Yeah. So it, it's a story of not giving up. And I'm sure we're going to get this Kickstarter funded, but even if we don't, it's not how the story ends. This comic's going to get made one way or another. Yeah. Uh, well, and that kind of brings me to the one question that I had still, is that what was the what was the coolest moment of this process so far? What was that moment where you were like, oh my God, this is happening? The coolest moment... So I always wanted to tell a story and I always wanted to see my name on something that I created that came from my mind. Uh, we talked about toys when I was growing up. Uh, it was, I loved telling stories of like how GI Joe created the transformers to help battle against Cobra and Cobra created the Decepticons. And then He-Man came up from these ruins and, uh, they were an ancient civilization that was buried long ago. So I would, I was always creating stories with my toys. 
and I always wanted to create a story and see my name on the spine, and that would just mean the world to me. Um, so the coolest moment of this was to have all these little notes and these words that I typed on paper, and then to actually see them. <laughs> right? That's the coolest thing, is to go, two years ago, this wasn't even a thing. Or two years ago, this was a, a nickname my wife had that I thought would be a cool superhero. And now I got this whole world building that I'm doing and it's all coming together. And, and that's, that's the coolest moment. That's awesome. And I think, so we've only got a few more questions for you, but sure. like, so can you elaborate a little bit more on, yeah, obviously there's comic influence and, you know, childhood stuff in there. Like, what do you see a connection with some of the toys? Yeah, so um the fun thing with this is I'm I'm creating a world of everything that I've always loved. So I, I grew up loving the Muppets and I grew up loving Legend of Zelda and I grew up loving comic books and I grew up loving uh G.I. Joe and Transformers and all that type of stuff. So of course when I'm writing the story, I have those childhood memories in my head of creating them with the toys that I played with. So when I'm creating the characters, I'm thinking about what type of toy it would be. And actually, Joel has done the same thing. When he created Watts, the, the little robot, as her little side assistant, he was like, I could see this thing just wheeling around on the ground. <laughs> like, right. have, having little attachments that you put in. Because he's kind of like a, she's, uh, I should say she, because Watts is a, a female robot. Um, she has like, she's like the Swiss Army knife. She has all these, it's like an R2-D2. She has things that come out to help in situations and stuff like that. Um, Ari the elf, like I said, Ari started as a toy already. <laughs> and now I'm making Ari the elf as a character. And then I could see Ari the elf being another toy again. <laughs> so, um, and uh, yeah, so then like, and like I said, coming up with the, the robot, uh, the Volkswagen beetle, of course, Bumblebee. And I was like, I want this to be a transforming robot, but I'm, I'm not looking to, to, not to get looking to get lawsuits. So it's going to have like these mechanical arms that come out like Dr. Octopus had and, and stuff like that. And, um, so What's, it's just, it's just these zany characters that I was like, but, but I also want them to be very real. I want, I could almost picture these being cartoons. I can picture these being toys. Nice. Right. One of the artwork I seen was one of the vehicles. It looked like a ship. Yeah. That looked great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's, uh, there's, uh, yeah, she's got this hover bike that she that she can ride, and uh, that was a fun design. And again, we we thought about like, okay, if this turned into something, if this became big, where they wanted to do toys, like that would be a really fun toy to put the put an action figure into. So that's so great. That's so great. So, so last questions here, and they may be the most important questions. Sure. So number one, um. How can how can we help? How can the the neotech people step in and get us closer to this goal? Yeah. So what they can do is they can go to uh, Kickstarter. Uh, and if you're not familiar with what Kickstarter is, which a lot of people are not, uh, if you're not familiar with what Kickstarter is, it is a crowdfunding, but it is not like GoFundMe. I am not asking for a donation. I'm not asking you for charity. Uh, as as awesome as that would be, I want to give you something for your money. So the idea behind Kickstarter is that you back a project and you can really view it like pre-ordering 
Uh, so you pick a reward that you're looking for that you really like that's being offered and you pledge that amount. And then if we reach our goal, you get charged for that. And then we go to work and we start putting it together and we will provide you updates on how the project's going. You really do become part of the community behind this project. So if you love Neotac and being part of a community there, you are part of a say in what happens with this project because you determine with your dollar that this is going to get made and then you get updated on what's happening with it. Um, and I keep everyone informed as much as I can and I'm happy for people to reach out to me. If, you, if you're if you on Facebook and you want to reach out to me and ask me about the project, go for it. Stealth Hammer has a Facebook page. It has a Twitter account. It has an Instagram account. You can private message me. You can just post a comment to ask me questions about it, whatever you'd like to do. But you can go to Kickstarter, search Stealth Hammer, or you can go on Facebook and search Stealth Hammer, or you can search my name. My name's Ryan Drost. You can search Star Joe's. Uh, I am posting links to the Stealth Hammer Kickstarter on all of my social media platforms, so there is absolutely every avenue you can think of to find it. Find a reward that works for you, that you think fits into your budget, and gives you something that you're looking for. We have everything from... Getting the comic, you can get the just a digital form. You can get the comic itself. You can get um, there's a variant cover that Robert Atkins is doing. Uh, there's uh, pinups that you can get. Uh, there's a behind the scenes art book, a hardcover art book uh, where you get to see all the concept artwork. You get to see how a page goes from pencils to inks to coloring. Uh, you get to see concept art. You get to see character sheets. You get to see where the story's going to go. So some of the things we talked about where the story's going to go, I'm going to have in that hardcover book. And that's being put together by myself and my wife. And like I said, she's a graphic designer, so you know it's going to look very professional. It's going to look very nice. Uh, and it's going to be a nice hardcover book. Uh, you can even be in the comic if if you're someone that has... Uh, the means to do this, I, I have it at a dollar amount that, yes, is high. However, it is also a lot lower than what most comic book uh, creators are doing and offering at Kickstarter. But you can actually be one of the characters in the comic. I have five characters that I don't have what they look like, and they could look like you. And they uh, you'll also get credit in the front cover of you being that character. Um, so we have everything from $5 reward uh, level up to a $500 reward level and everything in between. So if if you can take the time, take a look at the Kickstarter, find something that works for you, I want to give you something for your money. So I'm not asking you for a handout. I'm not asking you for charity in any way. Um, this is really to build a community uh, of people that love what I'm doing here and want to get, get this when it's made. We are at 71% of our goal. Uh, right now, as of this recording, we have until August 24th to reach $8,500. And that $8,500 goes towards paying my art team, goes towards paying for shipping, it goes towards paying some taxes and fees, and it goes towards producing some of the other rewards that are out there. Zero dollars of it goes into my pocket. I can promise you 100% of the money is going towards this project. So if we surpass the goal and I have more money than I know what to do with, that's an awesome problem because what's going to happen then is I'm going to put even more money into what you get back from it. So if we can do more pages in the comic, I'm going to do more pages in the comic. If I can do more pages in the behind-the-scenes book, and we're going to do that. Zero dollars of this is going into my pocket. It's all going into the project. Nice. That's so awesome. Very, very cool, Ryan. All right, so we've come to the conclusion here. and Again, we were trying to build up to this, and I'm trying to get as much hype into this question as I can. (laughs) 
if Stealth Hammer was alive and a real person, would she be a Neotech member? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she, so here, and I can and I can honestly answer that too, and I can a- actually say that she really is because if you look at the front, at the first page that's on the uh, Kickstarter, she has laying on her bed uh, some comic books laying right on top of the bed there. She mm-hmm. has little uh, little figures, figurines sitting on her shelf. She is a collector. Like you will, you can see on that first page, there's a lot to look at there. Um, she is very much a collector, so she absolutely would be a member of Neotech. Awesome, <laughs> that's great. That's so she great. quotes Ghostbusters for crying out loud. No, I, 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 it was a loaded. It was a loaded question. Like, no, that's so great, it, right? And honestly, so from my perspective, and I know Andy could share this. Is that we can hear your excitement behind it, yeah. and that 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 draws people in, yeah. you know what I mean? And, you know, I know that we feel the same when we're probably talking about the group, at least the majority of the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. So it, it, no matter what, awesome job. Thank this you. Is- and I will tell, and I will say, cause I'm of course going to provide the link for you guys to post this episode in Neotac. So people will uh, be able to check it out and everything else, listen to the episode and, and learn about this. Um, if you cannot give right now, I absolutely understand that a hundred percent. It's tough times and everything else. Um, and, and tough times happen whenever. So they, you know, it's not just because of what's happening this year. They can happen whenever. So if you can't do anything right now, absolutely understand that. What I would ask if you want to help the project is then share it with people that you think would like to know about it. It, I'm sure people in Neotech know other people, other geeks like ourselves, that right. that would love to know about this project. So spread it around, share it around. That's the best way you can help me if you're not able to, to back it yourself. Um, and I hope that a lot of the Neotech people stick around to check out Star Joe's in the future, too, because uh, we love talking more about this type of stuff. So, No, absolutely. And I can see myself becoming a pretty avid... Uh avid listener you know <laughs> we just both. talked about the gi joe the new gi joe line in in a couple episodes ago so well and i i don't know if it, you know so we had i don't know if the camera is still working or if you can see it but we, we've got a little snake eyes that was sitting here in the background from nice. the new line so all right so before we wrap up you're you you've had this great smile on your face the whole time so i'm actually <laughs> you won't be able to see it probably but i'm gonna take a little selfie here okay see do it without, oh, we're going to blind ourselves with this little light that I've set. Sorry. <laughs> Change it. All right. So let's go ahead and pause and smile. All right. I'm going to crop the crap out of that and <laughs> make sure that my, uh, my stomach doesn't take up two thirds of the picture. But, uh, so any, uh, any other questions for us, man? Or no, uh, I have, I am so thrilled to have you guys have had you guys on. This has been, um, absolute honor to have you on. I've been, like I said, I've been wanting to have you guys on for a while because you're local guys and you did an amazing thing bringing this community together. And I'm excited to be part of it. Uh, I know you guys mentioned right before we started recording, I've been a member for the last three years. I don't get to events as often as I want to right now. My wife is immune compromised. We're on complete lockdown, so we're not going out to anything right now. Uh, but once things are, uh, going good again, I can't wait to get back out to the meets and, uh, I've gone and sold things a few times and sometimes I've gone just to kind of see 
what's going on and see what people have. And, uh, both times have been awesome. Uh, and, uh, I remember going out to melt when it, when it was out at melt and right. everything. So that, uh, I think it was melt. Was it melt? It was. Yeah. It was yeah. At one point. Yeah. And then you guys have had a lot of the meats. Uh, there was a lot of the meats at the BW, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings right by my house, which is like literally five minutes from my house. So in Strongsville. So, um, so yeah, I've, I love being part of the group. I love seeing the posts of people. Um, I've done claim sales myself. Uh, and I've gotten to meet some really, really great people because of it. So, um, yeah, I, it was an absolute honor having you guys on. And I hope people in the group, when they take a look at what I am trying to put together, that they get excited about it and want to be part of it. No, absolutely. And I can't, I can't say enough. Thank you so much for having us on. You know, the, the pleasure was all ours. Yeah. I think for it being a random Tuesday night in, <laughs> in August here, yeah. I can't. I can't explain how much I was looking forward to getting done with work. Yeah. And trying to beat off enough like three or four square foot in the basement <laughs> that I could set up a table that me and Andy could sit at and, and be able to chat with you. Yeah, I was very much looking forward to it uh, myself. And uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to being able to see you guys again and hang out. And we'll for sure plan something again in the future to, to have you guys on the show again. Um, uh, maybe next time there's a, uh, the you know, toy news, uh, and everything else. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember the, why am I blanking on the name of the toy fair next time yeah. there's a big toy fair. We'll, we'll have you guys on and kind of pick your brains on what you think about what stuff that came out and everything else. We've done episodes like that before. So that would be cool. yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, how can, uh, how can my listeners, uh, cause of course the Neotech guys know how to find you guys. How yep. can, how can my listeners find Neotech? Uh, on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, you you can just type in Northeast Ohio Toy and Collectibles Club, or you can just type in N E O T A C C. Yeah, yeah, we will, we will throw this out there. So obviously the Northern Ohio piece is in is in the name. So one of the only rules besides being a toy collector that we have is that you have to live within two hours of tropical Cleveland, Ohio. So <laughs> if if you live outside of that area, though. Um, you know, still reach out to Andy or myself, you know, and, and, you know, maybe we can at least point you in the right direction or maybe a couple of the groups that we belong to. But, you know, I think, uh, I, that was a little disclaimer, I guess. Yeah. That no, that's good to put out there because, so people know. And, um, and I would say, uh, reach out to these guys, especially if you're wanting to create a group like they have in your area, cause they can maybe let you know, like, how, uh, even though we talked about it on here, you guys might have some good tips as far as things that you've done. Uh, they can tell you the environment they're in and you might be able to say, Hey, try this or do this and, and, uh, might be able to help them along. Yeah. Agreed. So, Absolutely. um, so I'm, I'll give, uh, our information out, uh, for any new listeners, uh, especially the Neotech people that are out there. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. We are on all of the major, uh, places that you find podcasts. In fact, I just added tonight. I didn't realize I wasn't on there and I, Oh, I kicked myself for this, but we're now on Spotify. Uh, I don't know how I wasn't on Spotify before, but we're on Spotify as of this evening of this recording. Um, we're on Stitcher radio. We're on, you know, Apple store, whatever the heck they're calling it. Now it used to be iTunes. Now they're calling it something else. Um, but, uh, but, and a bunch of other ones, there's pod chaser, everything. 
Um, but we're on pretty much everything you think of other than the ones that are elitist type podcast places that want you to have 10,000 downloads every week. Uh, right. we're not, we're not at that level. So, uh, but <laughs> okay. that's all right. Yeah. You can, but you can find us every, yeah, we only have 1.3 million downloads. That's all. Uh, <laughs> right. but, uh, but yeah, you can find us anywhere. Uh, and, and, uh, much like, uh, again, if you're a Neotech person listening to us for the first time, uh, Star Joe's is a community. So we have a Facebook group, uh, and if you request to be part of that group, I will approve it the second that I see it. Uh, we have a fan page, we have an Instagram account, we have a Twitter account. So, um, you can be, please be, become part of the, of our community also. We don't, much like you guys in Neotech, we don't tolerate uh, people bullying. We don't tolerate people being negative towards each other. Uh, we create a good, positive environment. I've been very proud of that because we've maintained that for the last 10 years. Um, so please, uh, reach out, reach out to us and become part of our community as well. And, uh, with that, I will go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. There he is. You guys see me? I can't see you, but I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. I might need to get a new pair of headphones. Yep. can't hear very well. No, it just sounds like you're uh, making a rap video or something. Right. Okay, and then I turned off the recorder and turned it back on because I wasn't seeing my ticker once Nick jumped on. It sometimes does that, and I'm like, i got to make sure this thing is recording. This for everything up? No, it just it sometimes with the the new recorder that I use when another person joins the area that shows me the cuz it'll show recording file size and that that number just keeps going up of course. Sometimes it'll just white out. It doesn't mean it's not recording. It just decides it's not going to do anything and uh I just turn it off and then turn it back on and it's fine. So And I have a backup to it also. Like, when I downloaded the new version of it, it kept the old version. So every time I record an episode now, I have two things recording. So that's never a bad thing. <laughs> nice. Your backup for your backup. Exactly. I've only ever had one time, I don't want to jinx it, I should knock on some wood here. Um, only had one time where an episode didn't record at all. And thank God, uh, John, my co one of my co-hosts, his automatically records so it recorded on his side and he just had to oh. send me the file so okay. so um so how we'll do this is uh i'll do an intro just kind of give you guys the idea of the flow uh, i'll do an intro i'll warn you i get really loud at the beginning uh and uh i will introduce myself and kind of say what we're doing and then I'll introduce you guys. Uh, Nick, I'll probably introduce you first. Uh, you just text me, give me two minutes, a minute or two. Um, so I'll, I'll introduce uh, Nick because he's been on the show before. And uh, then I'll introduce you guys. Uh, say whatever you want right then. And then I'll we'll go into the fact that why I'm having you guys on. And then we'll go in uh, and that you... At, I'll also explain that you guys will be flipping it at the at the end and have questions for me. And then uh, we'll go into my questions for you guys. And it's just 
stuff about Neotech, stuff about your own collecting, that type of stuff, and then I'll segue it into whatever you guys wanted to ask me about the project I'm doing, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll do a closeout, and during the closeout, I'll kick it over to you for anything you guys want to give as far as how people can find Neotech, all that fun stuff, um, or if you want them to find you, uh, that's completely up to you. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then I'll close it out with with our tagline for the show. So, so. awesome! Whoa, there's glare! Oh <laughs> man, you see that glare? Yeah, I can see that glare. I appreciate you wearing the Star Joe shirt too. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did, I didn't even wear that. I got my uh, Ohio Autobot shirt. Nice. Uh, we're both rocking Neo Tech shirts. Nice. We, uh, we, we need a shirt. We need a shirt that has like Star Joe's and Neotech on it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I'll have my people call your people. You're right. My people. <laughs> 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 All right. So, uh, do you guys have any questions, Nick? You know how this goes. So. Yeah. Did you hear me say what I was going to do? I was going to introduce. I'll start it off, and then I'll introduce you, and then oh, I'll yeah. bring them on. Yeah. I want to get like a kind of a sound check if you guys could each talk, Nick. If you could talk first, and then can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I'm getting some type of like staticky sound though. I don't. I hear that too. Do you have um? Do you have earbuds in or anything? Or I don't. Do you have any? Because I don't know if that might be what it is. Yeah, just to see if that plays factor. Because I wasn't hearing that before. Let me, let me go get my my yeah. pair. Yeah, Andy okay. and uh, or, and then yeah. do you prefer Chris or Christopher or what do you prefer? Panda. Chris is Chris. No, <laughs> goddamn it, Chris is fine. Okay. Panda. You can call him whatever you want. <laughs> it's not the worst nickname. Just how the nickname came about is not exciting at all. No, but the worst, longest answer to your question, Chris is fine, but I'll say, uh, I'll say like how I appear on the video later. Okay. Yeah. You guys are sounding really soft to me for some reason now. I don't know why. Yeah, guys, we're breaking up a little bit. Maybe it's me. Might be. We're breaking up? <laughs> we're all breaking maybe, up. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's my, my internet connection kind of sucks. Yeah, might be what it is. Yeah, because I'm getting, like, a lot of staticky sound. Yeah, maybe I won't be on too long. All right. Maybe I, uh... I just say hi. I figure, you know what? I, I pop in, make a little appearance. I, I, I'm like the go-between. Okay. Yeah, right. we can have you do the intro. I introduce these two. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> we can do that. Sorry, I, I just I don't want to have static through the whole thing. But that's cool. I mean, I, I, I can, I can pop off or whatever. I can just drop off. It's cool. You sure? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Well, we'll we'll try to do something we can, again we can, sometime. We can catch up. At, we catch up at another time. I was going to say, yeah. we'll, we'll do an episode with just you and me sometime. That's cool. All right, man. 
Nick, I'll make a plug for you. You just helped me out yesterday, so it'll be it'll be good. Your oh, name yeah. will. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll still mention Nick for sure. I don't know if it'll all be good, but it'll be it'll be. You, well, at least mention <laughs> that you know it. Well, it this wouldn't be possible without me. You know, I well, I yeah, I'm gonna, to the group. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm talk say, about you know, I'm gonna talk about how I got introduced to them and everything. Absolutely. So right. So, yeah. And we do ha- we do have uh, Ryan your date that you entered the. Oh, you do. That's awesome. February thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. Nice. Awesome. Nice. I didn't even. Wait, what? Nick entered the group, and how long did he hold out before he told Ryan? Oh, man, man, here. Let's see. It. I, I'm sure it wasn't that long. <laughs> you guys will need to look that up. We'll look that up. Don't worry about it. So I will say that I think Nick introduced me a while Can't before you, before I actually joined the group. Oh really? Yeah. January 11th, so just one month. Oh, well, okay, that's, that's not bad. No, that's not bad. Okay. And that's and that's after Andy and I reconnected. Yeah. So. Great school from. Yeah, from from the picture that I had posted a while back. From Metro Catholic. <laughs> nice. You what, I'm, what I might do too, Nick, is I might just throw some of this stuff in at the after the episode over too, so this way people get to at least hear you a little bit. That's cool. Right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop off now. All right. All right, man. I'll talk to you guys later. Take care, man. Good All right. See you. Bye. All right, man. Bye. Bye.